All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and it is Ohio State Week. But that also has a double-fold meaning because that also means that it is Thanksgiving week, Craig. So, gobble, yeah. gobble. Well, you know, we got to eat, man. Michigan football's got to eat <laughs> when they're on the field. Like that little, little. Uh, uh, usually when a player scores or whatever, they like to do that little hand signal. I think Jordan Lewis does that. So, he likes to eat and gobble up food, like with a spoon or whatever, a fork. But, I feel yeah, like- you're right. What's yeah. that? Wasn't that made popular by, I mean, as far as Michigan players go, Denard Robinson? I feel like he was kind of one yeah. of the, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, he yeah. was the one who sticks out to me the most that uh, kind of was one of the first Michigan players to do it a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. It's, uh, wow, it's a big week, man. You got uh, you got to cook. You got to get all the food going. You got, you got family coming over. You got to endure, you know, some of you got to endure family and I enjoy my family, but, uh, and get to watch game, you know, football games, you got to watch NFL and it's all coming up and get stuff your face and just, man, what a great time. Get time off. You get to sleep and nap and then you got to wait till Saturday and man, that's going to be, you know what? Let me ask you this question, Caleb. Okay. Were you okay with the the twelve the noon time for it to be uh, this game? And you know, it doesn't really bother me that much. I, I mean, know it's bothering a lot of people. Yeah, because so. everybody's like, "Oh, it should be a night game." Well, it's just like, come on, people! It's November in either Michigan or Ohio, depending where you play the game. It's freezing cold as it is at noon. You know how much colder it's going to be at eight p.m. Frankly, I'm I'm okay with the noon because I mean it's been like that. I'm not saying you can't change things because if something's been the way forever, but I I'm okay with noon. I mean, I'm going to be watching the game no matter what time it is, so yeah. I don't know. I'm not I don't really understand all the people being upset by it because I mean it's the Michigan Ohio State game. Uh Practically everybody's going to be watching it. If their team is not playing at noon, they're going to be watching it because there's probably no other game really that I haven't even looked at the schedule because I don't really care because I know I'm watching. Yeah, this is this is the game, man. This is the game, and everybody you know that we are friends with on Twitter and are fans of, you know, of us, and you know, changing their handle on Twitter and and some of the banter that's going on, man. It's a hated rivalry. It's uh it's, and you got, this is, remember this game isn't where you had a, a two and three team going at each other, Michigan against Ohio state, Ohio state number two in the country and us at number three going head to head. And I think the last time that happened was back in 2006. And that's when I'm like, I remember going, you know, I was at a, like a, like a kind of a grill bar place. And I was there with a friend of mine and watching that game. And I remember Beanie Wells being the running back for Ohio state and him gashing Michigan and me being pissed off all day <laughs> at that place. Oh, yeah. you know, we couldn't stop him at all. And I'm going, God, this is pissing me off. And you know, that's the last time, you know, Michigan, we were really a good team. And, and just obviously we didn't, 
we didn't win that game and you know rest is you know history but uh yeah this is a big game i mean it's this is for everything i mean there's so many things Caleb, in this game they're on the line here um so many things on the line obviously college the playoffs um get the big 10 championship probably you know if we win this game we go to the big 10 championship um and then the very fact is bragging rights. And then uh, the very fact is, you know, just knowing that you know, Harbaugh beat uh, Urban Meyer with his team. So, you know, and there's, this team should be, I think that we sh- should be able to get them. But, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to really play the best. So, yeah, well, don't get ahead of yourself too much. Don't no. start talking predictions or anything. So. <laughs> uh. Um, but, oh, dang it, I clicked the wrong thing. Um, yeah, it's a lot happening this week, and uh, it's a big week for many, many reasons. Uh, and they don't call it the game for nothing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be having a lot to talk. I will not be surprised whatsoever if this winds up going over a lot of time. And we shall see. But, uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, jump into the conversation here about the game. Got stats to share, thoughts to share, uh, some a little bit of fan feedback, uh, things that people want us to cover. So we will get to all of that here after this transition. All right. Well, you guys didn't go anywhere, did you? Nobody left us? Everybody stick around for the right. talk of the game, the game. I, I prefer saying the game, but whatever. That's besides the point. So, well, I will start things off because you were talking about kind of the magnitude of this week and just different impl- implications. And I know I spoke about this before. Was that at the beginning of the season? Did I, me- I don't think I mentioned it Michigan State week. But Michigan has the opportunity to do something that has not done since 2003 so we're talking about 13 years and i craig i imagine you know where i'm going with this uh if you remember the conversation but it has been 13 years 13 years since michigan has beaten michigan state and ohio state in the same year soak that in listeners (laughs) like seriously sit there contemplate that for a minute that it has been 13 years since Michigan has beat two of their rivals in the same year. I mean, of course, I guess Notre Dame's in there too. So, but just between Michigan State and Ohio State, that has not happened since 2003. Yeah. Long time, man. Yeah. I mean, I know we had some of those great seasons in there, one loss seasons and things like that, but the losses wound up coming to uh, Ohio State most of the time. So yeah, it's. You got me all weirded out now I was, I was like okay and now i'm like gosh dang it we gotta win this game <laughs> yeah no i i mean a long time i i've thought i've been going back and forth i was talking with brandon a little bit today while chatting texting messaging whatever you want to say and we were talking about it a little bit and, uh um i know i've been kind of uh pessimistic or just negative in some of the talk and everything i mean i'm just we've shared a lot of harsh stats but we're just realistic about this i mean this is realistic stuff that's going on with this game and everything. So, but I told Brandon that today I'm feeling a little bit different. I'm not sure why, but there's more 
optimism on my side with things because there's there are a lot of advantages that lean to Ohio State in this game uh, than Michigan. And like you said, uh, just to reiterate, uh, it's number two versus number three. I mean, ever since the uh, big matchup in uh, 2006 with uh, number one versus number two and that just being a three-point game, um, it's it's a big one. I mean, I, two and three, next closest thing to one and two. And as for all the marbles here, really, and either of us having a shot at going to the playoffs. So, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's really – it's pretty much a guarantee if Michigan wins, they get in. I mean, of course, then you still have to look at the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. Um, but we'll kind of – that's besides the point. We don't really need to talk about that now. But, uh, yeah, it's – I don't even know really where to begin. Yeah, it's um, – well, you know what you could do is, you know, we could go with, um, you know, maybe throw some stats out and we could do something like that. Like, um, Number for, as far, for instance, let's just let's stick with some interesting stats. For, for, for scoring offense, Michigan – is 11th in the country, okay, at 42 points. OSU is 5th in the country at 43 points, so scoring offense. So total defense, U of M is 1st at 245. OSU is 4th at 279. So that's a little bit of – and rushing defense, U of M, Michigan is at 10th. OSU is at 18th. So – Quite a little bit of drop off there, but passing defense, Michigan is number one in the country at one thirty four, at one thirty seven, and then Ohio State's third at one fifty nine. I'm telling you, this game, folks. If you look at stats up and down, third down percentage, red zone tackles for loss, Michigan's number one for tackle for loss, but Ohio State is thirtieth in the country at tackle for loss. That's the biggest drop. But Michigan has nine nine is ninth in the country in sacks. Guess what Ohio State's is? Fifty seventh. Oh man, really? Yeah. So And they've been talking so much about that defense. Hmm. Yeah, I know. So you know, they're you know, they can yeah, their defense isn't the the greatest. You know, they got a, a big um defensive line, but there's some there's some big drop offs. But not as far as like in the skill position, as far as a scoring offense and uh, obviously defense and as far as rushing and passing defense. But when it comes to tackles for loss and sacks, it's a big difference. So, but, but U of M and net punting, we're 83rd in the country and OSU is fifth. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah. So, so there are some stats that throw at you that are pretty interesting, but they're all pretty even. But obviously, we we're really good at getting getting at quarterbacks, and that bodes well for Michigan in this game. So, yeah, lots going to ride on the defense. I do have some stats oh, here as well, and I was able to spend a little bit more time with them here, getting ready for this episode. I was glad because I was able to get some more detailed information. So, I know that you covered some of this, um, but I've got some extra numbers here. Um, offensive rushing, Ohio State is eight. And Michigan is 19, um, but that's overall. Here's the thing that is interesting to look at. Home, Ohio State is 8, 
and away, Ohio State is 27. So oh, doing, pr- doing okay. pretty pretty well at home. Michigan ranked at home is 30 or 30th, but away they're 13th. So Michigan actually rushes better on the road. Now, of course, thing to take into that, which probably helps those that number, is the Rutgers game. Right. Um, so I believe that this is going on averages um, and not totals because uh, averages would make sense more because if it was totals, Michigan has not had that many away games. So uh, I know that the Rutgers game is weighing kind of heavily on that, but still, if you're looking at that big of a difference, Michigan performs better on the road rushing. So that's something that yep, they do prove beneficial in this game. So let's look at the defensive side of the ball for rushing. Michigan comes in ranked, uh, you mentioned this, 10, and Ohio State 18. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan at home is 17th, but uh, away they're 30th. Okay. So that's right. a bit of concern there. Right. And then at home... Ohio State is 10th and away they're 42nd. So they perform better at home defensively right. against the rush. Yep. So that's lovely to see. But then uh, the other stat, the last stat I have here with uh, some detailed information like that is uh, third down conversion. Um, Michigan has had good numbers through the year uh, for uh, converting on third downs and defending mm-hmm. a third down. Uh, But really, I mean, I don't know if it's just because of how games have turned out here in the past few weeks, but Michigan sits at 42nd and Ohio State sits at 9th. So quite a drastic difference there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michigan at home is 38th, away is 40th, so they're pretty close there. Home is, uh, for Ohio State, home is 2nd in the nation on converting third downs and away they're 35th. So that's those are numbers that weigh heavily in Ohio state's favor. So that's something that defensively uh, the team needs to um, mess up and throw a wrench in for, for the Ohio state buckets and try to change those numbers. Uh, But then defensive third downs, uh, we talked about how high Michigan's defense has been this year. Uh, Michigan for third downs has been, is ranked first in the country coming into this game. Ohio state is ranked seventh, but here's kind of the interesting thing. Home, Michigan is fifth, and away they are first. So Michigan performing better on the road. Mm -hmm. Ohio State on the road is sixth, but home they are 21st. (laughs) Jeez, okay. So that's kind of the interesting thing. Even though we have two um, very highly ranked defenses here on third downs, Michigan is proving itself better on the road. Again, like I said, you will have to factor in Rutgers, but away they are first us because right. we're going to be playing in Columbus and home Ohio State is twenty first. Right. So even yeah. if you give a little bit of buffer to Michigan for the Rutgers game, I mean you're still probably looking at a top ten team and Ohio State that hasn't broken through broken through <laughs> the top twenty. So some some numbers there for concern and some numbers there that look positive for being on the road. No, I agree. Man, that's the thing is if you if you, you know, if some of the listeners had a hard time somewhat keeping up with those stats, you know, here's what you need to know is 
is the total offense between the two isn't too far off each other. But when it comes to rushing offense and passing offense, we're almost identical too. So we rush the same. OSU rushes the same. They're about at the 235 to 250 mark. Uh, and the passing offense is uh, Michigan's at 82, 82nd in the country. And Ohio State is at 60th. In the 68th in the country. So that tells you, look, I'll say this. Looking at all the stats you said and whatever, it looks like to me when I'm looking at all these stats and what's going on, it's so even. But the one thing I think that we can actually get Ohio State is probably with the passing. If we could get that passing up from 82 to even the 50th, you know, in the country or whatever, just that day we have a chance and that's the thing is is they're both here i'm thinking osu is throwing all over the field and they're doing a good job of it they're not they're not at all so that's lends to what i was saying earlier where we're talking about is jt barrett a player that you know he rolls out is he a good passer in the pocket i don't think so i don't think he's very good at all um i know some people say he is but i'm like no he's actually better on the run when he throws that way he extends the play longer but um jt barrett looking to me just based on these numbers he doesn't look like he throws the ball very well so yeah yeah well he's the type of quarterback where you don't want you want to contain them right and like you said it's when he extends the play that things can break down more so either keep him contained in the pocket or end the play you know, obviously, right. like, uh, uh, tackle him or uh, have him throw it away. So, uh, but talking about the pass game, I do really believe that where if we can make them one-dimensional, I mean, we already know that they struggle in the passing game. It's not their strong suit. It's rushing. I mean, that's what uh, they do mm-hmm. when they can beat somebody is they run, run, run. And the thing that we've seen actually between last year and this year, and you definitely saw uh, this past week against Michigan state is JT Barrett. Doesn't look very good again um, in cold weather for passing. Actually, Um, some of these numbers aren't too drastic, but I do have numbers between last year and this year for the month of November last year, he was just 54% average. Um, He actually played uh, and the most yards that he passed for, in the month of November last year was 187, but he did uh, when he played against Michigan State and Michigan last year, uh, passed for 46 yards against Michigan State and 113 yards against Michigan. So some right. decent low numbers. So uh, it, if we can el- eliminate the passing game and just make them completely focus on the running game, and if we can focus our if we can rely on our secondary and focus more on the running game to shut it down. I think that will be key for us this year in the month of November. Um, he is averaging 59%, but coming off the Michigan State game last week, he only had uh, 45% completion for his passes, and he only passed for 86 yards against Michigan State. Yeah, he didn't look very good at all. So but, yeah, and so that uh, was he didn't either. So that was a uh, uh, 17 to 16 win two on the road in the cold weather. So yeah, it's, uh, that's my thought. My philosophy is just, we know they're not very good at passing. If we can, 
establish that and lock them down on that and be able to focus not all the time, but every once in a while more players on the running game and being able to contain that and limit that, then I think that will be big for the advantage for Michigan. Well, yeah, and you're right. And, you know, obviously JT Barrett likes to, you know, at times he'll roll out and then he'll have Samuel or Weber next to him. And to me, the, 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 I want to know who's going to be covering um, Samuel and the Samuels in this game. He's the guy, really talented running back, very fast, very he's got elusive. Um, I want to know who's going to be covering him during this game. Um, I think Peppers is going to be pretty much ghosting um, Barrett in this game, but then Samuel's going to be left, and you're almost going to have to be careful. This is where. This is where I'm worried that the very fact with Michigan is can they contain the edge? Can they contain the outside yeah. edge of this game? The very fact is our linebackers at times get hung up on blocks, and then by that time, you know, the running backs are all the way in the, to the second level, the third level, and they're gone. You know, they pick up big chunks. And we're talking about a totally different team with this than Samuel and Weber. Weber's the power back, and Samuel's the quicker one, but. This is the fastest and the quickest running back and the most talented running back we're going to face in this entire season. So um, if we can contain the edge of him, keep like you were talking about, keeping Barrett where he is, where he's going to need to throw, um, I will, you know, I think that's what we need to do. And um, like you said, Barrett, when he's uncomfortable, has a really hard time judging and throwing his uh, passes and screens. I mean, the receivers aren't the best. I know they have Wilson coming back. Um, Wilson is, um, I think he, I'm not sure, but he's cleared to play this game, which doesn't bode us very very well in this game. But, uh, you know, I I trust our uh, covers, our corners. But um, like you said, you know, if you can contain Barrett and just kind of keep him one-dimensional, you know, I think Michigan and those linebackers are going to have to do their job. So, Yeah, the edge is something that is concerned for us, and it, it has shown to be a little bit of a concern for uh, Michigan uh, – sorry, not Michigan State, Ohio State too because uh, you saw some in what Michigan State was doing against them. Uh, they were able to get some big plays to the edge against Ohio State. One thing with the edge that worries me, and I think it was Maryland that did it maybe the most, where I, I feel like this is one of the worst nightmares, is it, since they have speed and athleticism, if Ohio State came and they were just going outside to left, outside to the right, outside to the left, outside to the right, and just back and forth, back and forth, and just forcing our defensive players to run from one side of the field to the other again and again and just trying to purposely wear out the defense, that would be like a nightmare for me. I feel like that would be one of the worst <laughs> things that can happen to us uh, is to get our defense tired. Um, and that, I wouldn't say is our biggest weakness, but definitely one of our biggest weaknesses is outside. So if they just kept attacking it and attacking it and wearing us down, I feel like that would become exposed and cause opportunities for big plays and cause more problems further down the line. So that's, that's something I don't want to see, but, um, but you're right. <clears throat> watching this game. I mean, we need to watch in this game from the very beginning is to see, I call it the, how are we tackling, you know, and we can, if we, if I know that our tackling is just spot on and we're just 
given it our all and just our tackles are great. And I, it gives me good hope to know that uh, this game is going to go well. Um, if we're missing tackles and we're just, just looking bad, we're missing all over the place. This game was going to be a long day for us. But uh, like you said, it's just um, that edge scares me. You know, you get left and right. Both edges scare me just because our linebackers just have a hard time getting off their blocks and getting over there. So um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm not too worried about them, you know, them passing on us, obviously looking at those stats. But um the two running back, two uh, two horse man, they got back there. Kind of is concerning to me, and uh, I want to see our defensive line push them around. I want I, what what I want to see is kind of similar to what Penn State did to them. You know, charged and uh, broke through those tackles and used their um, uh, power and just get to them. And then literally, it a lot of times they took Barrett down with you know just grabbing his shoe and knocking him down and grabbing his leg or something, something like that. Good tackles, clean ones. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see uh, this game could honestly be won and lost at the offensive line position Yeah. Um, because the being able to pass protect, but also create those gaps. I mean, it could like, we, we need that to stay alive. Uh, so that, I don't know if I'm saying is the pivotal point, but is definitely a pivotal point in the game. So um, I guess maybe looking at the positions and comparing them, um, I th- uh, secondary, I would give the edge to Michigan. I mean, I know Ohio State's got a good defense too, but I think maybe the edge can be given to Michigan for that. Uh, defensive line, I would say, is pretty close. Um, their linebackers are probably better and faster than our core, but we do have our explosive players, but I would probably give the edge to them for their linebackers. Uh, that's my own personal opinion with that. Uh, but defense overall is almost kind of like a wash because like I said, you know, their, their linebackers maybe are better, but our secondary is better. Uh, so things with that. So defensively, I mean, it's really close offensively. It's, I mean, it, it's really difficult to kind of tell because we're still dealing with the idea of, okay, is who's going to be leading the team? Is it going to be Spade or, yeah. or Corn? But honestly, whoever it is in the quarterback position, I think the edge goes to Barrett, but not so much from like, okay, running and or passing, but just overall as a QB from experience and everything like that, I think you would have to give it to Barrett even if Spate could play. Um, part of that being too, because I don't think even if Spate plays that he'd be a hundred percent. I mean, if we took a hundred percent Barrett and a hundred percent Spate, I would give the passing game to Spate and then obviously the rushing game to Barrett, and so maybe they would kind of equal themselves out. But that's right. not what we're discussing here because of the health situation. Uh, the running game—it's kind of difficult to say because we've talked about how good Michigan's running game has been. Um, and I know I'm going on a little long here, but I want to hear your thoughts on all these after I get done. So um, we've got our slew of running backs, but sometimes it seems like we don't use them all, even though some of them are having success. Like, for instance, Ty Isaac is one that we say seems to fall on the wayside, even though he has good games. Um, yeah. But Weber has been consistent, and he's a really good running back. So it's... I don't know, maybe from a reliability standpoint and consistency standpoint, maybe you would give it to 
uh, Ohio State uh, for that position. Uh, I mean, if we if we got the running back group all to work uh, well and all to get the reps in and all to show production at their different strengths because you have the speed of Evans and Higdon and then you have the outside running uh, sweeps of Chesson and uh, Evans has been doing that too. And then you put in the downhill running of Smith as well as uh, Ty Isaac in there. I mean, if everybody's doing some of that to uh, positive production, you're going to be able to wear down a team pretty well. Um, Offensive line, I give it to Ohio state because there've just been too many questions with uh, our offensive line. Which both both to your defensive line for, you know, uh, us. <laughs> yeah. You know, if their defensive line and, you know, their offensive line is better than our defensive line is pretty good. Like you said, linebackers struggle, but uh, yeah, their offensive line is big and strong, but um, you know, like you said, but there are times where they, you know, I've saw Michigan state can get after them and I saw Penn state get after them. So they can be pushed around and, you know, we got the, the bodies and the, t- the, the team and the talent to do it. So, yeah, and one more thing then real quick before I forget it, and then I'll hand it over to you to get your thoughts on all those positions real quick, uh, is then the wide receivers. I personally think that Michigan has the better wide receivers, oh, yeah. group of wide receivers, but the only thing is they have Samuels, who's been really dependable, and I know that we've had the rough spat between the rough rather weather last week and then the rough game uh, at Iowa but you've seen some concerning things with the wide receivers. I mean, of course, you had O'Corn, between O'Corn and Spate in there with, you know, when they needed to step up that sometimes they didn't step up. And so just some of those consistent consistency things in the recent games, I still think that we have the better core. And I think that they can rise right. to the occasion. So that, that might be a little bit closer battle than most people think, or at least what um, – I'm saying it might be a closer battle than what most people think. So, but if they come and bring their A game, we have the better receiving core. So then the question is, will we have the quarterback that can facilitate that receiving core? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're right. I think our our defensive line and their offensive line is kind of a push to me, um, just because you never know where Ohio State's offensive line is going to do based on what I saw with the Michigan State game, and the Penn State game. They can be pushed around, so that's good. Um, obviously warmly at captain, um, doing his thing and Gideon and those guys. But, um, yeah, you're right. I, I, I give it to our receivers. We have a better receiving core. We got a better tight ends, um, in those position. Um, I, and I think to me, uh, it, it really comes down to who's going to be throwing the ball in this game for us. Um, that's concerning to me at times, but then, Jim Harbaugh's not going to show his hand. He's not going to. I think that's at his advantage that the very fact is Urban Meyer and Ohio State's gone. We don't know who who we're going to expect to play. <laughs> and that's probably bodes well for us because it could be a corn trotting on that field and it could be Spate. Uh, I happen just to believe Based on what I'm hearing, obviously the latest was Darbo talking about O'Corn and Spate throwing the ball today in practice, which means both of them are, you know, you don't know who's going to play, and that's Jim Harbaugh's strategy. Uh, I happen to think that Spate will play, um, and I think Spate at this time, 
you know, if he does play, I think he's going to give it his all. I, I, I think this game's way too important to him, and I think it's way too important for this team to win this game. Um, Acorn, on the other hand, he's a tough one to get. I, I can't get a grasp on him at, right now because the last time, the only time I've actually even had a just a taste of how he is as a quarterback and it was in, in snow driven and it was freezing and he threw 59 yards. So I can't really get a gauge on how he is in just regular weather. I don't know what the weather's going to be. I think it'll be cold, but not uh, like it was, but, um, a corn's a tough one to grasp because I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what kind of quarterback he is yet until I see a, a whole game by him. But, uh, I, I have just faith that a spade will be healthy for this game. So, yeah. Well, I, I have a question for that with our locker or dump it coming up. Um, yeah. So I don't want to get into that. But what I will say is, I, I have some speculations on what I think could happen and why. Because Harbaugh is always secrecy. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he doesn't come out and directly say anything. It's like what he said with Spade and everything already. But I, I honestly believe that we will see four quarterbacks play for Michigan. <laughs> I, I honestly believe it. Uh, I, I think yeah. I think you're going to see um, Spate and O'Corn out there at different points in the game. We we know we can anticipate seeing uh, Peppers yep. in the Wildcat, but I think because we've seen him in there come to, uh, a couple times. Yeah, Morris. You, you think know, I mean receiver. Uh, well, a receiver, but I think he's also going to be in the quarterback. I mean, they might throw him right. out there uh, to be the quarterback. They, he did the options with Pepper, I think, one time. Okay. Peppers, but then also, yeah, he could be in there, and then he would move out to receiver. He's the one quarterback who could do that, uh, straight quarterback who could do that. So it's I honestly throw think him that, off. Is that what you mean? I mean, they oh, would yeah. throw off Ohio State all the time. Well, Peppers said that um, everything's coming out of the playbook. And yeah. that, yeah. I think – one of the biggest things that might give Michigan edge in this game is that players came back from last year wanting to win this game. You can say every week was its own game, but in right. the back of their minds, I feel like you're kind of seeing it come out of them this week where it was just like we wanted to come back to beat Ohio State. Right. Uh, with how bad things went last uh, last year against them at home, uh, it would just – make them that much happier to be able to go to Columbus and do the same thing to them. Um, maybe not in the same fashion, but just beat them in their own house. So I, I really think, you know, you've got uh, Jake, Butt, peppers, Lewis are specific players that come to mind where they want, wanted this opportunity. That's why he came back. Jake. Yeah. Butt. And yep. so I'm, I'm hoping that that gives them an extra boost. Um, I mean, that that weighs into it. Sometimes it doesn't do much of anything, but I'm really hoping that kind of gives them that little shot in the arm of adrenaline and it can be something that sways the needle on what team right. outperforms the other team. So something to be thinking about with that. Well, it'll be interesting to see where they use Peppers. I mean, I know he's been in the Wildcat and it's worked at times. I think it's getting old. That's just my I think in the very beginning, the first four, you know, four to five games, him and the Wildcats has worked uh, based on his athleticism and how he works in, you know, getting past teams. But I think a lot of teams have figured that out that, 
you know, I haven't seen him do very well in the wildcat because a lot of teams just know that he's just going to kind of fake hand off and then run it and then, and then try to get yardage by making people miss. I don't think that's going to happen in this game. I think that maybe that you might see peppers at running back. I think they might just, just playing out, just hand him the ball and let him run it. Um, cause I think he's a very good running back. So, but you're right. You know, maybe they'll do some flats, you know, maybe they'll, they'll do a flat screen to, uh, peppers and see, you know, if he can take it and, and do something a little bit different. And maybe they'll have a, a time where, you know, maybe it'll be a fake that, that he does throw it. And like you were saying, maybe there'll be a time where, you know, that's a first for me where I'll see peppers actually throw the ball. But, uh, but you're right. I think this is all going to be new to us. I think it's all going to be this gameplay by Jim Harbaugh and this team. It's just going to be they're going to let it all out, and and you're going to see trick plays. You're going to see everything under the sun in this game. So, yeah. Well, I want um, that. I definitely agree with you. I don't want it to be the same peppers that we've seen all the time because that you're right. That will not work. If it's the same thing that he's done, it's not going to work. And I agree with you. Putting him there just in straight running back could work because uh, you could fake the handoff to him. Putting him in there and having him pass would be something different. Um, faking the screenplay, you could fake it to him, and that could nope. open something up. The one thing that I would think would be sheer bliss is to steal from Ohio State and take their Tebow play and have put Peppers in the Wildcat when you're down in the red zone and have him fake run it up the middle and then pop over the line and dump it off to someone. <laughs> yeah. Even even if uh, even that's something that Spate or O'Corn could do, especially Spate because he's so tall, where right. you fake the QB run and mm-hmm. then dump it over the top. That that would be a yeah. beautiful thing to see. So, um, yeah, if, if I do think you're going to see Peppers in there, and I do think that they're going to essentially, like you said, throw everything out there and just open everything up because they will need to. Pepper, if they just put Peppers back there to do the Wildcat, do his whole keeper thing, yeah. that's that's not going to work. They're going to have to change it up. So yeah, as far as running back, I mean, where are you where do you where are you leaning? I, I to me, I think Devion Smith had his breakout game this last game. He just willed this team to win and. He did a great job, but but look, this game is going to be. You're not going to you're not going to just plow through guys. You're not going to be able to do that against Ohio State. They're too big. They're too strong. They're too. They're not Indiana. So I'm like, you know, who would be? They're gonna. We're gonna have to block well on this game for us our running backs to do well. I love the way Devion Smith ran that ball. You know, there are times where I didn't even know who had the ball just based on body form because he looked fluid. Um, so yeah, I might be wrong, but, uh, you know, could it be Evans? I think you're going to see all four, but do you, who do you think, Caleb? Do you think, I, I think someone who's going to step up the running game this week is Hill. Yeah. I, th- I think they might yeah. use Hill more. I think okay. that, um, on second, second downs, longer downs that they might use Hill because that's one thing that you really haven't seen that you saw a couple times last year where they were in. They weren't in the red zone yet. They were more kind of in the middle of the field, and they would sneak in those fullback running plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you will see him step it up. I'm not saying that he's going to be the main running back, but I am saying watch watch for that to happen. I think that would be a good play to use. I think Smith can have another good game. Um, I mean, maybe he's kind of coming into his own here at the right time. I mean, he's got – Yeah, that would be great. I, he's, he's a senior, and so, I mean, that's another thing for him to – 
well, I mean, I don't think he was really rushing off to the NFL last year, but another thing for him to come back and do to Michigan uh, Michigan is to finish off Ohio State. Um, because mm-hmm. he does have the power. He showed better vision, a little bit better patience, and if the O-line can block for him, he's able to do quite a bit. So, Yeah, he does really well when they're blocking well. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got the potential, but I do think that we do need to fight their speed with speed and attack the outside and maybe do some more of the sweeps. Not a lot, but just mix it in there to be able to change things up and see what we can do. I'm not the biggest fan of pitch plays. Yeah, Uh, I'm not either. We haven't seen a lot of success with that in the past couple weeks, Uh, but sweeps, um, counters, uh, even, I know this isn't rushing, but dump dump off the uh, screen passes and things like that. And get McDoom. I know we we used him quite a bit in the beginning of the season. Now we didn't use him in very much anymore. But uh, that'd be interesting to see where he is. And hey, I'd like to see Perry use more. You know, somebody like that. Um, yeah. uh, O'Corn liked him. I think he yeah. may have had the most receiving or receptions from O'Corn in that game. Yep. yep. Yeah, we have way too many weapons on offense to not use them. We have the best tight end in the country. We got pretty good slot and Perry and, you know, McDoom. And and then you got two of the probably the best uh, receivers in the country at Chesson and Darbo. So we got to use them and, you know, maybe and then maybe use Peppers as that guy where you like you said, if the pocket breaks down quickly, you can dump pass. And then he, you know, Peppers can always find yardage when he's you know when a couple guys are coming at him he just somehow knows how to find find the hole so yeah well uh we did get kind of uh we were talking on twitter a little bit today and we did have somebody uh craig was asking if anybody wanted us to cover specific things and uh sd brown 33 talked about the mentality of the team we talked a little bit about that but then the x factor for the game and can O'Corn be trusted if he's the starter uh, we've talked a little bit with that. Um, let's start off with talking about O'Corn a little bit, and then we'll talk about X-Factors and move on from there. Uh, O'Corn, sad to say, I mean, I feel like he's limited. I mean, we saw that he didn't do a whole lot in the game last week. I mean, fortunately for us, he didn't do anything with turning things over. I know the out- offensive line didn't really help him a whole lot with buying him a lot of time, but... And I I heard somebody make this comment, or maybe I read it somewhere, where it seemed like they slowed the plays down or just limited the extents of the plays and kept things basic um, because it seemed like O'Corn just wasn't able to handle the pace of the game or how things were uh, being run and everything. So, I mean, of course, everybody knows he's no spate. Um I mean, if they put him as a starter, they're putting him as a starter. Honestly, what I would love to see for the quarterback position just to mess with Ohio State and just to have absolute fun with it, the first quarterback to step on the field being Jabril Peppers. <laughs> Start off with Jabril Peppers and yeah. then have him do, like, even if it's just a play. But if we have uh, a large play that works, you know, put him in at the second one. And see how it goes. But then, so let's just say Jabril goes out and does the first play at quarterback. Okay, so then the next quarterback to go out, John O'Corn. And then have John O'Corn take the reins for a little bit, maybe for one drive, maybe for two, see what success there is. But then you know what comes out later? Put Spade out there. Right. And then uh, make them think that you're going to start focusing on passing the ball because your passing quarterback is in there. I would love to see stuff like that and then put Morris in there at some point, you know, put him in at quarterback, move him to wide receiver, just 
constant chaos, really, at the quarterback position, so they really don't have any idea what's going on. Uh, that would just make my day. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That would be funny if it worked out that way. I would just be like, well, Caleb, called that, man. <laughs> yeah, called the madness. Um, yeah, you called the madness, dude. Um, I, still, I still don't have that sound bite, the crazy train, but. Well, obviously, yes. S.D. Brown, 33, great fan. Yeah, I love that guy. But, uh, yeah, let me answer. Corn, I, I, I think I might have said it earlier. I, I haven't had enough of a sample of him yet, man, and I just haven't. I mean, so I don't know. I can't – I think that's probably the reason why a lot of people are skeptical of him because it wasn't – it was such a bad, terrible game as far as, you know, the weather and things like that and – so you got to kind of take that in consideration, but uh, for my personal opinion, I a corn just there 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 are some things that were concerning to me. So that guess that probably makes me not trust him as much. As far as like his throws were weren't on time, they were way off. Um, he looked very uh, timid in the in the pocket. He looked very uh, scared. I know the pocket broke down quite a bit on him, but. Uh, the very fact is he just looked like he wasn't comfortable at throwing in this offense at all. So can he be trusted? I'm going to say not at this moment, but, you know, things could happen in this game, like you said. But I I very much just think that uh, Spate will be in this game. I just I can't imagine. Um, but if he's not, like you said, I think you're going to see a lot more peppers in here. I just do. So. Yeah, and like you said, but I think it's interesting there that I'm going to go back to if you don't see Spate, could Morris be the X factor in this game? Yeah, that would be that is interesting because he has been in the system so long, but he is an interesting quarterback that hasn't been in here, and but yet has been with the team so long. So it would be interesting. Yeah, could you sure. imagine if? Morris comes in and wins the game for us. He would go down in <laughs> Michigan lore. Dude, I would love that. It's, all right, you had yours. I'm going to have mine. Morris comes in and wins the game. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be that would be definitely something crazy and I got Oh yeah. I I pulled it up. Yeah, nice. Crazy Craig. Crazy me, crazy you. So. Yep. So, so X Factor, man. Tell me who you got. Okay, yeah, I was so X Factor for being um it can be player or position. Um man, I've I've thought about it. There are a lot of things to consider with it. I don't I mean, kind of the easy way to go would be saying the quarterback. X Factor for Michigan though, I I talked about the offensive line. I think I'm going to go ahead and say the defense uh, because it is uh, it is our bread and butter, I guess you could technically say. It's what's won us some games. It's what, what has set us apart from some other teams. But honestly, if Ohio State scores more than 30 points, we're toast. That's my opinion. Right. If our defense allows them to score more than 30 points, we're toast. They have had – their games have been close when they have not scored – Actually, I think even in in scoring 30 points, let me see. I think I've got this here. Um, they scored 30 points uh, in the overtime with Wisconsin, uh, and that was a seven-point win. And then they lost to Penn State 
21 to 24 when they had their close game against Northwestern it was 24 to 20 and then when they pl- just played Michigan State it was 17 to 16 so if they scored less than 30 points it's u- it's a close contest so for it to be a close contest it ne- they need to score less than 20 points right so we need our defense to be able to do that to be able to hold them to less than 30 points um because I mean, even with our offense at 100%, uh, if they score between 20 or 30 points, I think it might be kind of tough to uh, stick with them. So we, we have to keep it below 30 points for us, no, that's a good, for the that's team a good, to have a chance. Yeah, that's a great uh, well, that's a great choice because, you know, if your linebackers can step up in that defensive line and just literally smoke Barrett, at any time, you know, he gets he hikes that ball. If you can put pressure on him, that he needs to throw right away, that he has no t- chance to run quickly. Then you're right; that's that will take care of him pretty good. And you know, that's a good pick. Um, my pick's gonna be. Um, I'm gonna kind of go as far as the running backs in this game. I think if you get, if we can get the blocking right, we can do well, and the running backs can open up and run really well, then the quarterback will do well. And if it's a corn, then he'll have a pretty good game because of that. If we can't run on this team and we're all, we're one dimensional, we'll lose this game. And, and I think it always starts with the running. I'm not, I'm not always the kind of guy that thinks passing the ball opens up the run. I always think the run opens up the pass, especially with the quarterbacks we have. So, but uh, I'll say the running game is going to be the X factor in this game. So, it, it'll hurt us or kill us. I mean, or win this game for us. Okay. Because you know, a reason the reason I went with that is because uh, L.J. Scott. I think he did such a good job of running against them and did well. And the offensive line for Michigan State did great in watching that game. And I thought, oh, there's some some weakness I saw with the Buckeyes in that game. It, and Michigan State did a pretty good job running on them. Yeah, and that kept them in that game. Yeah was being able to run that ball so for sure um yeah so that's a lot of thoughts with um the game uh we'll be going into locker dump in then talking about the scores is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on trying to make sure we hit it all yeah i mean there's still definitely a lot more that can be said oh okay sorry yes there are a couple things i want to um to mention here actually that I've come across uh it's it's not this is not one of those games that Michigan uh Michigan will only lose if they beat themselves because Ohio State's a good opponent but something that two things that need to happen I'll kind of dive into more things than that really quickly here but two major things that need to happen is one obviously you need to limit the turnovers Um, but another thing though, too, that Michigan has had a problem with all year is penalties. Penalties have hurt Michigan before. And in the past two years, they have been the swinging point of whether Michigan might win or lose. So these players need to play smart and not be stupid and not hurt the team. I mean, if I see player one of our players get kicked out because of something stupid like you know push another player and then pushing gets going and then something happens i'm gonna be so mad and pissed off that's what i mean like you're talking about something like that that extends a play something really stupid 
And that's where it comes down to discipline, like you were saying, you know, and that's what I mean. And I think that's what you mean, too. It's just stupid plays that extends plays, keeps, Mich- you know, Ohio State offense on the field longer. And, yeah, we can't have that. Yeah. I mean, because we're already talking about everybody needs to come and br- play their A game to be able to win this uh, matchup. And that includes penalties. I mean, they need to be disciplined and not do something stupid. So I know that emotions will be high, but we will have to uh, watch that for sure. But another thing that I wanted to mention that I had here, and I actually thought about it when we were were talking about things with the Indiana game, is um, something that I'm really – that kind of concerns me a little bit, but maybe hearing the the things that – the players were saying on saying that they were opening up the playbook and everything, but it's just kind of, I hope that the coaching staff doesn't get stuck in their ways. Um, like we have seen uh, horrifically with Brady Hoke and different things in the past, because there we have seen teams play Ohio state well and Ohio state close Wisconsin, Penn state, Northwestern and Michigan state, all close games for Ohio state. What can we learn from that? I mean, I, I, right. I know that as coaches that they're going to be looking at that and everything, but one of the biggest things, too, especially with defense, is like Don Brown has a system. Well, you know what? Sometimes you don't always have to use your system. I'm not saying throw it out for the game, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe a drive or maybe a few plays. You can learn from what other teams have done because these other teams that don't run our complex of a defense have had success while using their own schemes. So. Yeah. Are we going to be taking the time and effort to learn from what other teams have done and done well and try to use that for our advantage against Ohio State? And that also goes for offensively as well. So I'm just worried about the coaches being stuck in their ways. I mean, I hope that they open up their creativity a little bit and be like, hey, this worked for this team. Let's incorporate some of it and use it at different parts in the game. I'm not saying we need to copy other people and play their game for the entire game, but just that simple concept on that every coach knows at every level of the game, what have other teams been able to do successfully against this team and what what can we do the same to try to expose their weaknesses? I feel like we see that more on offense sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I'm hoping our defense just isn't stuck in place where hey, you know, this simple defensive scheme really screwed things up for Ohio State. So let's incorporate that somewhere. Yeah, shake it up a little bit, get things different, throw Ohio State off a little bit. And, you know, trust me, they're studying our playbook. So if you start looking the same, then they'll be able to read that pretty easily. So, yeah, uh, throw them off. Throw them off at both levels, offense and defense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that they do stuff with that um, on on both sides of the ball, uh, so to keep them guessing and see where we can capitalize and learning what other people found successful. So, okay, that brings us to our lock it or dump it segment, which I think you missed last week, didn't you? Yep. Last time. I, so miss, probably... I miss dumping it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you should be missing this. Yeah. It's your favorite time. Yeah. So I do have three here. I'm kind of looking at one, and I'm I'm wondering if we could I could come up with something better. But a uh, few of these are definitely bigger um, bigger items. So the first, lock it or dump it, is O'Corn will start against Ohio State. 
go ahead and go first, Craig. Lock it. Okay, Craig locks it. I am actually going to lock it as well. Like I said, I think that if Spate does play, that he will not start, that he will come in later. Or even, heck, like I said, I think it'd be really entertaining to put Peppers in there at the quarterback position at the beginning. So, um, because Harbaugh likes to mess with things, so I just do really think that even if Spate plays, that he will not be the one starting the game. So... Um, the next one is Peppers will have one or more touchdowns against Ohio State. Lock it. All right. That's a lock for you, and that will also be a lock for me. I don't know if it's going to be... You're going to let loose. I just... Yeah, I think That's whenever he wants ways. to, whenever he can, yeah, they're going to put him in there and try to see. I mean, I know that's the thing. We're saying that this is going to be a low-scoring game. So, I mean, we're not going to be looking at the things that we've seen in the previous where it's like, oh, 40 points, oh, 50 points, and all these touchdowns and everything. So there's not going to be all those different opportunities for touchdowns. So, I mean, we're looking at maybe most what, a four-touchdown game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, for Michigan, somewhere around there, maybe, or at least that's what I have in my mind. So you're saying that Peppers would equivalent for about a quarter of the offensive scoring. So it's kind of like maybe, maybe not. We'll have to kind of see how that goes. But I believe that he will get in there sometime and uh, make a difference on the offensive side of the ball. Um, then Ohio State will have more than 100 passing yards. More than 100? More than 100. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I will actually go ahead and dump that one. Um, I Like I said, it's really going to be focused on making a one-dimensional and everything. He didn't have a good week last week, and they really focus on running the ball anyways. So I think our, I'm hoping uh, and banking on the secondary stepping up and be able to shut them down. I know there were a couple times there weren't maybe there was one big play left for passing, but um, I know that they had their mistakes last week on allowing receivers to get open, but I'm hoping to uh, that they kind of lock that down and everything this week. So I am, uh, I'm going to go ahead and dump that one. So dump it, dump it. And I'm keeping notes here. So I don't forget for later. So, so those are our lock it or dump it. Segments. Welcome back, Craig, to be able to enjoy that. So um, we will go ahead and go into the Big Ten matchups for the weekend and do the game locks for this week. There is a Friday game for the Big Ten in Iowa hosting... Uh, number 16, Nebraska. I was actually the three-point favorite. And then Purdue is going to Indiana. Indiana favored by 20.5 points. 20.5 points. Sorry if that sounded like 28.5 points. Um, Rutgers and Maryland are having their rivalry game. And Maryland is uh, favored by 13.5 points. Uh, Michigan-Ohio State game. Illinois is going to Northwestern, who is favored by 16.5 points. 
Michigan State is going to number seven, Penn State. The Nittany Lions favored by 12.5 points. And Minnesota going on the road to number six, Wisconsin, who is favored by 14.5 points. So need to pick a lock game. Mm, okay. How about that? Um, I think I'm going to pick the Indiana-Purdue game. Oh, man, I was looking at that one. So <laughs> you're having Indiana cover the spread? Yeah. Of 20 and a half against Purdue. Okay, well, then that means that I'm going to have to look at a different game. No, go with the Maryland. Yeah, I know. Maryland's <laughs> looking kind of nice. So, but. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? I was going with. I was kind of leaning towards the Wisconsin and Minnesota, but Minnesota's been playing really, really well. So I'm not going to do that 14 and a half at all. So. Um, yeah. Part of me is kind of almost liking Iowa hosting Nebraska, but. Yeah. We'll leave that lie. I will go ahead and, oh, man, last time they kind of let me down. But I'll go ahead and go with Maryland just because Rutgers is so bad. Yeah. Of 13.5 point favorite over Rutgers. So, all right, there it is, the locks. So we are going to be getting into final thoughts and – uh, predictions for the Michigan game. So, uh, Craig, I will go ahead and actually let you start. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to say we can... Go ahead. Um, I'm going to say we're keeping 24... Hold on, sorry, you're... You're breaking up, or you're getting really quiet. Am I still getting quiet? Uh, no, you. I, I heard you say a score, but I couldn't hear you. Uh, Twenty-four like... or twenty-one. Michigan. Okay. All right. So, what uh, what do you think are some of? I know that we've kind of covered it and talked about X factors, but what do you? What's your prediction for kind of the performance of the game? What's Michigan going to capitalize on? What mistakes maybe Ohio State makes? Well, I just I don't think Michigan uh, Ohio State will be able to throw. On this game, I think they'll just run that ball, um, which keeps the score low. And I think the same thing with us. But I think Spate throws the ball pretty well if he plays. And I think we get, you know, I think we win by a field goal or something like that. All right. Well, I uh, I think emotion is going to kind of rule this game. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that's going to be big for Michigan, and they definitely need to use that towards their advantage. I almost kind of want to go back to the uh, to copy what happened 30 years ago and do the score prediction of 26 to 24 oh, yeah. uh, when Harbaugh guaranteed the win against Ohio State. Uh, but I am not uh, going to go that far with the uh, prediction. I, w- I honestly thought about one point on uh, giving the win, the straight-up win to uh, – to Michigan and or to Ohio State in this one. I mean, just with because I mean, I'll go back to the whole thing of oh, Michigan only scoring eight points in the second half on road games, right. uh, excluding Rutgers. I don't really count Rutgers with that, so that's that's a red flag for me. But like I said, I think emotion is going to factor into this one. 
So I, I forgot to mention, by the way, Ohio State's a six and a half point favorite. So um, I am going to go with low scoring game. I will go with um, 20 to 17. Okay. On Michigan. So you're talking two touchdowns, two field goals. And then for uh, that's for Michigan and then Ohio State would be like two touchdowns and a field goal. So, yeah, tight battle. I mean, it would be amazing to see Peppers to get a pick six or a punt return. That would just be icing on the cake. But, yeah, so I will go ahead and go with the 20 to 17. It would be interesting to see that line if uh, they knew that spate would be out yeah i don't know how much that factors into it but yeah it's six and a half uh ohio state is favored by six and a half totals 45 and a half so yeah um that's something that we didn't bring up i mean i know we talked about the importance of peppers but this is i mean this could and i'm not saying that this is important i'm just kind of mentioning it but peppers has any hope for the heisman this is his chance and um I mean, who knows? He could have an iconic moment in Michigan-Ohio State history with uh, coming out and doing some crazy stuff. I mean, I was even uh, joking with Brandon. We were talking about score predictions and things like that. So I uh, I said, yeah, could you imagine what it would be if it was like Michigan uh, defense and special teams took over and they got a pick six, a safety, and a punt return touchdown, and that was it. Well, you so know, you, the thing is, it could come down to special teams, you know. Oh, yeah. Michigan. But then that'd be a final score of like 16 right. to zero. That, right. that would make me laugh. So, yeah. But, yeah, special teams, we didn't talk a lot about but, uh, about them, but that could definitely be big. I mean, Kenny uh, Allen has fortunately been consistent and reliable recently, so hopefully that continues. Um, but, yeah, definitely take the opportunity here to mention some things that are kind of popping up in, in mind of the game. So... Yeah, it's it's a big one, and uh, emotions, like I said, yeah. will factor into it. And so I hope that uh, just play smart. And man, shoot, there was something else that I was gonna say. Certainly, don't want to be in a room with me when I'm watching this game. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna be watching it with Michigan and Ohio State people. So oh god, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I saw uh, they kind of came out last year. Uh, I usually watch it with them, and they've been pretty uh, kosher for the past several years. But last year they were kind of uh, more on the side of uh, I don't enjoy watching this game with you. Oh, okay. And I think they kind of let it out more because they they were most worried about losing that game. All right. And so it'll be interesting to see how they act this year. But uh, uh, something that I kind of am going to throw in here, too, and I'll probably put it on Twitter as well because uh, I was talking to Brandon about this, and I was just like, so we're talking about score predictions and everything and thinking that Michigan will win. What do you, you actually think you would put Michigan's percent of winning uh, po- chances of winning the game? Me? Uh, yeah. I would probably put it at uh, like 58%. 58%? Yeah. All right, because I'm, I'm leaning more – towards like the 40 45 range okay i'd probably put it at 45 i i told i was talking with brandon and i was just saying i um the lowest i would go is 35 probably the highest i would go is 45 um i mean i know i have them winning 
but it's just like there are several things that are working in Ohio State's favor, and I think one of the biggest ones, and I, I hate that this is a factor because, honestly, when you're at this level of playing in football, it shouldn't be this big of a factor, but it being in Columbus. Right. I mean, yeah, tough. It, yeah, it's going to be tough to kind of see and everything. So, yeah, I'll probably be putting that out on Twitter and everything on just being like, you know, what do you think their chances are? So, yeah, I'm, I would say I would go ahead and put it at 45% because I've been a little up and down with just different things. But like I said, I am I was feeling better about it today. I don't know if it's after hearing what players have said or thinking about the emotional factor and things with this and seeing the players come back. A uh, huge looming factor, of course, is the quarterback situation. So we'll even just have to see how that pans out. So yeah, it's a big deal. So yeah, but uh, any final thoughts before we uh, kind of move this on and then uh, go into the closing thoughts? No, just uh, got to ball out. These boys got to ball out. That's what they came back for, and that's what they're going to have laid it all on. This is what this whole season is down to. This. You gotta you gotta lay it all out on the line on the field, man. You can't. Uh, this is way you know good clean tackles, everything, man. So, yeah. Um, well, nothing nothing else matters right now. I mean, like it doesn't matter what the games were coming up to this. It doesn't matter what lies afterwards, Big Ten championship or playoffs. Uh, it all goes through Columbus. So honestly, I mean, they shouldn't be thinking about any of the past or the future because it's just this week and this Saturday. So, um. I know that they're focused, and I'm hoping that uh, they play discipline. So we will see with that, and we will go ahead and uh, move things along here into our closing thoughts. So don't go anywhere. All right. So that's is us talking about the Ohio State game and spending quite a bit of time doing that. Um, go ahead and take a chance right now to say uh, check out the website, bluebrothersportscast.com, but, of course, check out the Facebook group, Blue Network Everything Michigan Football, where you can keep up the most up-to-date on things. Actually, um, I should mention maybe this at the beginning, but I also want to take the time because uh, Craig and I have been talking about doing a T-shirt order. So, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking at doing a T-shirt order. Oh, um, so just kind of for people to be thinking about, we'll mention something here coming up um, in the next episodes about it and put it on social media and, of course, on Facebook. But just something for you guys to think about. We're going to come up with a design. It's going to be more of a fan shirt, um, and we'll come up with a design. Uh, probably look at around $20 for the T-shirts. We'll let you know for sure. But uh, we're going to do something kind of a uh, – almost nah, um, just having people let us know if they're interested in ordering one so that we can order the appropriate amount because we don't exactly have uh, a T-shirt fund for this, so we don't want to order too many, and, of course, we want to make sure that we order enough. So we'll be inquiring what, from the fans if they're interested in buying those or not. So just a heads up and keep that in mind coming up. Just in time for Christmas, right? Oh, yeah, you got to get those shirts, man. You know, the cool thing was is, not only, you know, do we got listeners who would like to have a T-shirt, but we had, you know, just you and I walking around. We had people come up to us that didn't even know the show that was like, hey, where'd you get that T-shirt? And oh, yeah. We go, oh, yeah. And we go, well, we made it. And they go, wow, it's too bad because I would have liked to have a shirt like that. And I went, wow. 
They don't only listen to the show, but they want one. And I said, wow, it's a pretty good idea. So this is something that we think that we can do and, you know, and spread the news about our show and, you know, it'd be really cool. So. Yeah, for sure. And to mention again, too, that we mentioned last, uh, at the end of last episode, I believe it was, or not, maybe not the recap of the Indiana game is we are looking for a place to set up camp for next year at the home games. Yeah. We're looking for a location that is close to the stadium, preferably a heavy foot traffic area um, that we would, we're just looking for one parking spot, open up the back of a vehicle and pull out a table and maybe have a little bit of a tent space, but uh, just uh, one parking spot could probably be enough and have a place where fans can find us, where we can set up our equipment, where we can be found for all the home games so that people can easily find us and know where to look for us. So if anybody knows anything about that, uh, shoot us an email, uh, send us a voice, uh, leave us a voicemail, talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. That's something that the Blue Network is looking for. So that's the Blueprint and the Blue Brothers show right now. Um, it'll, it'll just give us the opportunity to do more things uh, with the fans and for the fans. So. Yeah, so they can locate us and, and say hi and, and... You know, and possibly get them on, you know, get some uh, interviews with them on the show. That'd be really cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. That that was probably for the show, the highlight of the year for me was um, doing the live recording with some of the players, or not players, for with some of the fans at the Hawaii game because we tailgated in the golf course area and we had some people come on and I, I think they loved it too. I mean, we got a yeah. lot of hits on it. People were interested and checked it out and we just didn't get the opportunity after that because it's, it's very important on location for that. Right. And so that's what we're hoping to do for next year. And something else to mention just briefly here, uh, we're looking at maybe having some cool for the uh, bowl game for Michigan's bowl game. Um, maybe do something cool and special for that episode as well. So just to give you guys a little teaser right there that we might be doing something a little different for that one and to be looking for more information coming up. So, uh, Craig, any other final thoughts with anything? No, uh, definitely want to tell our fans uh, and the people listening to us and U of M uh, fans all around, um, uh, Enjoy this week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you so much for listening to us. I mean, uh, we got more shows to come, but uh just want to say it's a Thanksgiving show, so we want to say thank you to our fans and just people listening to us. And We wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening and giving us some great feedback. You know, a lot of you just say, great show. Wow, you guys really did a good job for a bunch of uh, two guys who just decided to get together and <laughs> with a mic and decided to talk about Michigan football and it's been doing really well. So I want to say thanks. Thank you. And have a good Thanksgiving with your family. Enjoy this time and lots to be thankful for. So. Yes. Yeah. It is Thanksgiving. So, uh, thank, thankful for the listeners and the followers. Yeah. Like you said, Craig, that's uh, great to mention and we appreciate it. We have fun with it and we have fun talking with more and more Michigan fans, uh, each and every week. So, um, be good having uh doing that all the time and every, each and every week all throughout the year we're here so but yep. uh yeah enjoy your thanksgiving have a good holiday drive safe um 
hope you guys enjoy the holiday and the travels if you go anywhere and then of course the the game uh, the game this weekend (laughs) and so uh also mentioned to right before here we let you off here uh reactions to the game feel free to call the voicemail yeah i'd love to hear that that'd be great yeah um call the voicemail during the game call the voicemail after the game yeah voicemails voicemails galore we will i mean if we get a ton of voicemails we'll just do our own voicemail episode if we don't get that many uh voicemails we'll just insert them into the regular episode and discuss them as they come along so don't forget about that phone numbers out there it's 551-258-3276 that is 551 blue bros so thanks again like i said enjoy the holiday and as always we will finish things off with Go Blue and beat Ohio State. Yes, go Blue and beat the Buckeyes.